Hello again, I'm Karina Gavargasov, the founder of Mission Magazine, the first fashion philanthropic media brand. And welcome to our podcast called My Mission Is, if you're just finding us. Our next guest is someone I met at art school in London, and we've remained friends since. And we're going back quite a few years. I started Mission when he was still working in an advertising agency, and he began to help and advise me on the business side of things, as I had no idea. And I still don't, to be honest, I'm still learning. What I didn't know was that same year we launched our inaugural issue, 2017, it was also a pivotal year for my friend. Having lost his best friend to suicide, Nick Bennett started to shift his mind as to what he could do next in his life that had more purpose. Fast forward to now, and he is the co-founder of a mental health fitness program called Fika. Nick explains to me how Fika came to be, the origins of the name, the science behind their success, and most important takeaway was some advice on how to stay mentally healthy and to protect your team. Please tune and and listen to this podcast. Thanks so much. Take care and be well. Bye-bye now. No, you were talking to me about saying Times Square and all this, but you've done you've done a TED talk, Nick, which is which is amazing. And, and for anyone that's now just about to listen to the start of this podcast, we did have a a, a few minutes natter beforehand. Um, Nick is a, a long and an old dear friend from art school. Um, I don't even want to know. I don't care about the year, how long it was, but it was a while ago that we went to art school. Chelsea <laughs> Art College. That was the. That was the birthplace of, uh, of of some of the greatest ideas that are around today, I think. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about some of them. I know about two of them. <laughs> and and Nick and I have always kept in contact and kept in touch. And it's, um, you know, I've been, I've been seeing your posts on LinkedIn because um, I, I look on there a lot. And I don't think you really uh, acknowledged to me, uh, and probably didn't till recently, how an impact uh, oh, actually on losing your friend, Ben. Um, you'd, you'd kind of mentioned it very vaguely in the past, but not a huge profound impact it had on you. And when I read about this on on your LinkedIn, um, that, that kind of was, um, I, I guess, the starting of Fika um, in 2017. I just thought, oh gosh, 2017, we launched a mission that my friend getting breast cancer was the catalyst to do to make a, a, a drastic change in, in both in your life and in my life to try and do something for others um and it's it's like we were just i just saying to you just now we launched our, our latest issue and the cover person damps and idris talks about empathy and someone has said to me before how you know how can you do what you're doing karina doing mission and i said well i, I said i think you have to have some kind of empathy and you can't buy that it doesn't you either I think you're either born with it or you have an experience that brings you to to that and, and oftenly it's it's a, it's a it's not a good experience um but I wanted to just as a dear old friend Nick I I've, I've seen the growth of Fika and I really want to I'd love for all our audience to hear everything about it and how you started it um and I guess just briefly maybe tell us now, like why I just said it, it really what the starting was of you wanting to do something different because you were a graphic designer before. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, well, I, I was a graphic, I was a graphic designer, but I, I was a chef before that. I've, I've been wondering, I've been wondering around careers, like not finding, um, you know, something that I really feel valued for doing and, and you know, wanting to put my life to. And so 
you know, wandered in and around the chefing career and, you know, was a chef and ran a restaurant as a head chef. And then, uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, got, I got into um, advertising and, you know, and the internet and I was a, a partner at a, an ad agency, uh, you know, and that was great for a while, but it, you know, it wasn't fulfilling and I, I wanted to be more involved in the technology. So I, I kind of left the, um, the ad agency and um, joined data science startups and, and started trying to get on, you know, trying to understand what do I need to build my own business? And that was really for me that the building blocks were not knowing what I wanted to build my business in, but knowing that, you know, I'd, I would need to understand, you know, startup mentality, raising finance, uh, building engineering teams and, you know, trying to, you know, get businesses off the ground. So I spent um, seven years in, in other people's startups as chief product officer got a huge amount of experience on um you know building teams raising finance and all of those things and and also a lot of a lot of what not to do you know you you know you 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 know you you, you value your wins and your successes but I, I value my losses and you know defeats way more um because i've learned so much more from you know what what went wrong and what i've seen other people do wrong that's enabled me to you know put that into fika but then um i was i was actually you know, for my sins, I've done a lot of advertising <laughs> in the past, and, uh, um, and no offense to any advertisers out there, by the way, it's a it's a it's a it's a great industry, um, and there's lots of creativity and brilliance in it. Um, but I, I'd I'd become sort of disenfranchised with it. But um, one of the startups I was in, we were building um, a product which was um, basically hyper targeting advertising. So it was using huge amounts of uh, social data, and, and with that, building. Um, hyper-targeting adverts or basically lists for adverts. And, it, you know, it was it was really intelligent technology. I was working with some fabulous data scientists, but, you know, it wasn't really fulfilling. And, and then um, that was in sort of uh, 2014. And, and in the um, in the late summer of 2014, I, I had a phone call. Um, and in that phone call, I, I heard that Ben was dead. And um, it was his brother telling me that, um, you know, ben had, ben had taken his life. And that was, you know, that was uh, Ben. Ben was my, you know, best mate of 35 years. We just we grew up in, you know, back in Batsy and uh, and and um, South London together, riding our BMXs around. And he was he was basically my my go-to um, kind of brother, um, brother by choice type of idea. And you know, after after he'd after that happened, um, I, I struggled for a while because you know I thought. You get a lot, you feel a lot of blame. And I know, you know, from certainly, you know, there'll, there'll be people out there and your listeners who've, you know, been close to you know, um, suicide with either family or friends because I've, I've you know, a lot of people have, 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 you know, spoken to me about it as well. And it, you, you go through a lot of blame and, and anger and, you know, sadness because you kind of just think, what could I have done? And, and that bothered me for a long time. I just thought, you know, what a, what a shit best mate I was, to be honest. That's really what I thought for a long time, and it and it really bothered me. And just kind of thought, I, it just it just kept burning me. And I just thought I need to do something about it. I, I'm I'm so annoyed that it happened, and you know I turned that that energy into a commitment that I was going to do something. And that 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 was the beginning of Fika. Really, that was the the early days of you know, like you said, you know, turning some adversity into commitment i think really which, which is what it was you know when i reflect back now and i look you know back back then you know i was you know i was taking my trying to get out of the various startups i was in and you know try and keep the 
you know, finances going. So, you know, I have, have a family and, and children to, to look after. So it's not, it's not always that easy to jump out of a, out of, out of career or, or money and, you know, try and build your own business when you've got a lot of commitments. But, uh, Luckily, my wife Kareen is a is an absolute legend. You've met her. Um, she's she's an absolute legend in my life, and you know, as as a you know great partners do, she supported me and helped me to um, have a bit of space so that I could really start working on Fika and and understanding, trying to understand mental health. You know, because I think you know the truth is when I when I look back, um, you know, back in, you know, back it was probably by this point it was probably like 2015, 2016, and I was trying to think, well, you know, I need to understand mental health better because clearly that was, you know, a key problem in in Ben's decline. And and at that time, I, I thought like most people, mental health is illness. Mental illness. That's what most of our culture, that's how we view it. We have a we have a ridiculously negativity bias when we when we think about mental health. And and that that was that was really my first sort of um, education and, and you know Emperor's New Clothes moment, if you like, with uh, with, with mental health is recognizing that it's a neutral health health spectrum, just like physical health. And yet, you know, if you you got a group of people and you say to them, "Hey, physical health, everybody," they're like, "Yeah," you know, everyone's thinking about you know jumping around in the park and aerobics and. You know, if you're old enough, Jane Fonda and Arnie, and you're thinking about the evolution of, you know, fitness came from nowhere and it suddenly it became this massive thing and everyone's doing it and we've all got autonomy and we love it and it's exciting. And it's just that word fitness, right? Because physical health is neutral. And then you take the word mental health and you say it to that same group of people and everyone's a bit like, you know, head down and like, oh, maybe let's not talk about that. And, uh, you know, there's this real, there's this real cloud over it. And, and it just sort of struck me just, just that really simple thing is like, where's the word fitness in mental health? Why doesn't it exist? Why isn't it there? And what have we, what have we, therefore, what have we done wrong? Why have we, why have we hidden that, that positive side of the health spectrum, which is essentially, you know, if you track it back to physical health and physical fitness, it's just two things, really. It's, it's literacy, you know, um, education in physical health. So giving literacy, to people so they understand how to maintain their own fitness level. And then it's basically creating positive outcomes that culture celebrates. You know, fitness is a fitness is basically a popular culture. It's us celebrating each other's achievements, basically. That's all it is. We're saying, look, hey, you know, great, you, you know, you hit your, you know, you hit your steps or you, you know, you you did your 5K or, you know, we're just celebrating each other's achievements, basically. Why don't we do that in mental health? It's just it just seems it seems so absurd when when you know Gareth Gareth um, Fryer, my co-founder, and I, and our incredible team that we have, we sat there and we thought, what, how, how have we got this far? And we haven't used that word, we haven't used fitness, and we don't celebrate each other's mental health, we don't celebrate our achievements, and and that was really, you know, the 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 founding kind of principles behind the business was let let's do something about declining mental health because it is declining everywhere you know absolutely every vertical that we look in and the you know where we work in we work in education we work in healthcare and we work in the, the corporate market as well and every vertical is is being crushed you know people are being crushed by declining mental health and the the pandemic and post pandemic period is really highlighting this to uh, organizations um, you know we look at you know over here in the UK you've got Figures like, you know, 371 million lost every year in the NHS due to mental health days off. 
gosh, that's staggering. Yeah, and I mean, you know, clearly there's a huge amount of human capital pain in there as well, right? So it's not just the financial capital, it's, it's human capital and financial capital. But you know how the world works, the world works on, on economies. And when you look at that sort of size and scale, that, that is the, you know, musculoskeletal um, injuries were, were always the leading cause for, um, you know, days off work. And they're not now, they've been eclipsed by mental health days off. And then that tells you, well, we're doing something wrong still. And that is that we're, we're still treating mental health as a problem. And therefore, we're only treating it when it's a problem. And therefore, in most cases, it's already manifested, in which case, it's too late to treat when something has already declined. So our whole thing was saying, well, fitness is about getting ahead of the problem, right? It's like getting to the top of the hill instead of the St. John's ambulance at the bottom of the hill, to use another analogy, and saying, let's get fit, let's prevent through skills development and autonomy and give people the toolkits and the skills and the training so that you can you can prevent decline and give people the toolkit so they can prevent their own mental health decline and perform better. And that's what we've been doing now for for the last four years. We've we're a team of twenty-two. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's it, we've really, you know, we've grown. We've got some amazing scientists on our team and technologists. And, you know, we've built a we've built a platform that's based on data science and we have built our own diagnostic tools so you can you get to see your own mental fitness, you know, like your BMI index or your, you know, the you have to be able to visualize fitness. And so we visualize that with uh, diagnostics that show your efficacy, so your ability at seven key mental fitness skills. And they are stress management, positivity, focus, motivation, meaning, connections, and confidence. And those scales underpin the platform because we have diagnostics and data that kind of show your improvement and your progress. And we've built we built the world's first um, full year long mental fitness training program. Gosh, that's amazing! Congratulations, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, you look look. It's you know you you know what it's like as well, Karina. You 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 are only as good as the people who work with you and your team and the belief that they have in, you know, the, you know, the mission that you're on. Um, so yeah, you know, massive shout to all the FICA team because uh, their why FICA is where it is at at the moment. Where, where did the name come from FICA? So originally um, the, the business was actually called um, Sounding Board when, when, when I first started it and uh, um and that's because it, it, a lot of a lot of the early, you know, ideas around what we wanted to do and change was to basically build those skills that you, you know, those. Let's they're not soft skills. Let's not call them soft skills. Let's agree, everybody. By the way, let's not call these skills soft anymore. They're they're really important, vital skills like confidence and connection skills and motivation and positivity. These are skills that you need to perform well in your socially, um, in your work and professionally. So. Um, and and you, you only really gain those by learning techniques and then practicing them, you know. And so somebody, somebody, and somebody said to me uh, very early on, they said, have you heard of FICA? And I was like, no, I hadn't even heard of FICA at the time. Um, and one of our very early iterations that we, that we, that we, we had in FICA was this, um, with this idea of, of grouping people together so that they could talk and listen. So active listening and you know honest talking you know that's a really it's a really good practice because you, you you build 
you know, strength and vulnerability and listening skills, and you start to develop, you know, good emotional health and strength and that sort of thing. And and so, yeah, I, I kind of looked into Fika and uh, A, it's a cool Scandi trend. Um, it is, uh, it's, it, it's, re- it's got some really great culture behind it as well, because it, you know, companies like Volvo have Fika breaks. And in those Fika breaks, you know, people take coffee and sweet buns and they talk on a, on a very level um, field with each other and essentially you know it's about it's, it's like a mental health break basically where you, you practice your you know your people skills so it's perfect then it felt very appropriate yeah yeah and what's been what's what do you think the biggest surprise has been since you launched the platform good or bad the biggest surprise um, <clears throat> I think you know I think I think big, the biggest surprise to me is still that 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 you know the the thing that I mentioned earlier, the fact that we we just have this huge negativity around mental health is is the more the more we have worked with it and gone under the skin of it and understood it, it has just shocked our team to the core. You know, even even academic, you know, we we look at huge amounts of um, academic work, so research studies and papers and and all of the work that is titled mental health is talking about depression and illness. The positive side is just absent. So even in the academic literature, it's completely missing. And that is, that is the, the single biggest and still stark surprise is that until, until there is, and, and this is going to sound weird, sexy in mental, you know, until it's sexy to be mentally fit, that's not going to change, you know, and, and that's because, you know, when 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 things are shrouded in a kind of um, in in with negativity, then you have poor language, right? And when you have poor language, you you tend to have less interest and demand in that area. And when you have less interest and demand in that area, there's no innovation because no one's interested in that area because everyone's shirking from that area and, and moving away from it. And when there's no innovation, there's no improvement, and so you have this perpetual sort of, if you like, void of innovation, and therefore the prevention of mental health decline has never happened because no one has decided it's great. It's, it's, you know, it's sexy to be mentally fit. And, you know, that, that is just, you know, that is, that's, that's really the thing that's, it still surprises me today when I, you know, sometimes say to people mental fitness and they're like, Oh, wow. Fitness in mental. Really? Do you think that's a really British thing, though? Because it's there's no therapy here. Like when I I lived in New York first time around twenty plus years ago, and I remember the person, my boss at the time, was seeing a therapist, and she said it out loud. Like she left work just before the end of the day. She went, "I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, and I'm gonna I've got a therapy appointment." And I was so shocked she said it out loud. And they say it, it's like ordering you know a coffee in America. It's just it's so common to say I'm going to see my therapist. It's it's not taboo there. So I, I just made me thinking the UK. It's got such a it's you don't talk about that it's unheard of yeah and de- i mean there is def there is you know the 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 culture around therapy in the states is is definitely healthier than the uk you're, you're right and there's definitely more of a you know i don't know the, the british stiff upper lip or whatever whatever you want to use as a sort of like old kind of like um you know structures that's definitely true, but I think you know. Even I mean, in the states as well, there is a this, there is still a huge amount of talk of stigma, and there's still a huge amount of talk of you know mental health being this problem area. And I think you know we need to celebrate it. We need to get sexy with that area, like we did with physical health. Got sexy, 
and, and you know that that's what that's what wins in culture. That's what wins people in people's interest. It's what wins money and innovation and the economy flocks towards sexy stuff. Yes. No, you're right. And that's, you know, that is, and you know, and I obviously I mean that in terms of, you know, obviously not in physical sex, but just in terms of, you know, things that are attractive and, and interesting to us are things that become, you know, you know, centers of, of, of the economy. And we have to just, we have to do the same thing with, with mental health. We have to make, you know, fit. and when you, you know, it's funny actually, when you, when you think about things like dating data, you look at the, the the you know some of the reports from from dating data, and it shows that confidence is actually more important and more attractive than how you look. And that's like, hold on a minute. So actually, you know, confidence is a is a mental fitness skill. So actually, we should be celebrating it. We should be confidence should be the new six pack. That's what we need. You know, we need people. You know, young people celebrating their mental skills and, you know, celebrating each other's mental, mental fitness achievements. When you, when you present Fika to, to new clients and new brands, um, perhaps more in the corporate environment, do you, are, are they accepting of, of, do they like, do they really take it on board and it's, um, and they listen and they they get excited by it? Cause you're, you're, I love you and I, like I said, we've known each a long time and I love listening to you talk about this and you're very passionate and it's, which comes across fantastic, and um, I just wondered how how have you had a pushback from people where they don't they don't want to know or they don't really get it, and and is it that set to a certain demographic? Like who's your core? Who do you say is your core audience that have really embraced this? Yeah, I, I, you know, you know, it, it's it's really it's really interesting. Our our corporate partners, um, they really get this. Now, uh, we, we, we are obviously, you know, talking to, you know, quite a few customers in market at the moment. And, and some of them recognize that they're not ready for it. You know, and I think, I think that's partly because um, a, a, lot of, a lot of businesses out there are just getting to grips with treating mental health decline. So, you know, basically putting the ambulance at the bottom of the hill, which is, you know, EAP, you know, employee assistance programs or, some sort of counselling service, you know, may, maybe not not for the you know some of the major established uh, you know big corporates who have been investing in these areas for a while, but a lot of the you know you know medium and and, and mid range businesses are still are still getting to grips with well actually do they need to they need to react to the the, the problem first, um, but but the businesses who have already you know invested in you know let's say well-being solutions or perks or you know good counseling services they are now looking for something sustainable you know they're they're, they're looking and, and you know for two reasons one is um, well-being perks and um, EAP systems reach circa you know 10 percent each in a in a population so as you can imagine not many people you know call their counseling services in a in a corporate because a lot of um, a lot of people feel that if they do that, it's going to affect their jobs and it's going to affect their promotion. And, and you know, it's you kind of snooky yourself with that with those solutions because they're they're, they're saying, well, you, if you need help, then clearly, how's that going to affect your work and your job? And it's a big problem. And then perks, are, you know, people are just too busy. So you have this major problem, which is eighty percent of your population in a in a in a big corporation are declining in mental health because everyday life is tough and challenging and that causes mental health decline and yet there is no service for that big 80 percent 
the services only exist when the problem has already started. And so those you know, businesses who are more mature in understanding mental health and well-being are looking at our solution and saying, well, this is interesting because what you're suggesting is um, get ahead of the, the problem by embedding mental fitness training into career pathways. And that's 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 how that you know that's what we do that's quite unique is that our we're very specifically focused on mental fitness training and we're very focused on embedding mental fitness training into career pathways and into culture of a business. So it's not an add-on, it's not an optional, it is part of your job. Um, and you know we're 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 getting we're getting a lot of interest, but we do recognize that we are we're still slightly ahead of the market. And you know that we 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 heard that from you know um, some very very big um, global businesses who are very interested in what we're doing, and we're you know we're, we're moving forward with them. But they recognise that there's there's probably quite a lot of businesses out there that are still getting to grips with you know the reactive side. So um, so I guess that that would be where we get a bit of pushback from certain businesses that aren't quite mature in you know their well being or their their HR strategies. Which I, I have to say, I find quite shocking, considering the last two years everybody's gone through. I would have thought that that would have kind of the realization to you know, chairmen and leaders and owners of businesses that you're, you you got through the pandemic. If your business has survived through your employers, and everyone has had mental health issues throughout those these last two years, myself included, you'd want to have your employees protected and safe. So. It's, it's sad to hear, Nick, that that's that you know you've had some um, like you're ahead of the game. Like, my God, what does it take then for that for them to embrace it? If not a world, a world, you know, what happened? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think the the, the pandemic and, and the lockdowns have had a you know had a huge negative effect on you know human capital across the across the globe. But what they what they have done is they have really accelerated this area of concern, which is looking after your people, you know, looking after your people's mental health. And that, that has been a major, there has been a huge shift. I mean, I think we've seen, you know, the, the, some of the, if we can call it positive, um, you know, changes or uh, that, that have come out of the pandemic, there's been a lot of, you know, a very rapid adoption of, Technology, as we all know, you know, we're all zooming all over the place now, which was was probably not quite as prevalent. There's been a lot of efficiencies created through some, you know, less traveling and then more remote meetings and that sort of thing. But then also critically for the, you know, for the business that we're in and for, you know, for everyone's mental health generally, there's been a real focus on, well, you know, how do we look after our people's health in general? And in particular, because we're not so physically bound anymore, it's the mental health that's really important. And it and it's you know it, in it it has really created a lot of interest that you know board level um, and and executive leadership and everyone is thinking what can we do now so you know it, it's a it's brilliant that in a way that we're all now looking at this um, but it and and you know to 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 the defence of you know some of the companies that aren't ready for mental fitness they are definitely getting themselves ready for it you know and they they're getting you know EAP systems in place and they're getting reactive services in place and it'll just be a matter of time before you know they also are you know ready to you know be more sustainable and look at uh, you know solutions like like Fika and mental fitness do you think that in a way that um, because everyone was forced to work from home and, and still working remotely that it's kind of it's ripped the band-aid off like suddenly there's been everyone's exposed to mental health 
and suffered and it's been collective you know across the globe to everyone's suffering do you, do you feel that it's been more I guess because it's been forced onto us because of the situation we've all been put in we've all been tested as humans that it's ripped the band-aid off that we need help mentally um through you know going back to your job and being just being out around people I find it hard um I went to a restaurant um, about a month ago and I hadn't been out for a long time. And I was just staring around the space. It was a place I hadn't been to in a long time. And the, the server came up to me. She said, are you okay, madam? You look a bit lost. And I just said to her, no, I'm out. And I said, I'm just out. And she just thought, she walked away. She probably thought, mm, that's a strange person that's coming to the building. <laughs> but it was just, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think it's, I, I just feel that, you know, with what you're doing and, um, and how you're trying to help with the mental fitness, I think all these corporations and businesses and anyone that's got a company and has employees, they, they need to look after it. It's like, like there's a band-aid being ripped off that people are forced now to talk about mental health and fitness a lot more because of what we've all been forced to go through and live through. Definitely. There's no, no, no doubt about it. I think um, I think it's... I think it's moved. If you if you think of um, you know sort of L and D and HR and 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 you know well being as a very you know um, sort of new area for a lot of businesses, I think it's accelerated. You know what 10, 10, 15 years into into the into those areas, um, and I, I do I do think that yeah you're right that there is there has been a collective and shared experience, and that's you know that's really when major change happens, when there has been a collective, um, you know, period of contemplation, you know, and that's at global level, we've all contemplated and, and suffered at the same time. And then, at, you know, in the sort of macro and micro levels in a business, everyone has, you know, through, you know, we've had strange cultural things happen as well, haven't we? Like, you know, I hear stories of people who say like, you know, they finally, you know, saw their boss in, you know, pajamas in a room with like a kid running around, and suddenly you realise they're they're human as well, and she she's human and just like me, and you know, people are um, people are feeling um, closer to each other bizarrely because you're letting each other into each other's houses all the time through the Zoom screens, and so we've had a we've we've all had collective different experiences. We've all we've all we've all shared some pain. And I think that's in you know that is really you're right. That's ripped the bandaid off, and uh, rightly so. The the agenda for caring for people, you know, we've seen it with some of the you know the big consultancies and corporates talking about you know people first strategies and you know flexible working hours, flexible working. You know, look at the the, the changes that have happened in in such a short time that are actually focused around making sure that the people who work for you have a better life, you know, have a better balance in their life. And that being important is like, it's, it's almost, you know, you, you know, you remember some of the, I mean, I've, I used to work in the agency world and I know you're, you've been in a very hectic uh, um, fashion industry as well. And, you know, the, the work ethics and the, the way that people are treated is, has always been, you know, work first and everything else second. And I think that's changed. Um, and it's, it's, it's good, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic that, you know, people are everything in a business, you know, as you said earlier, the, the, the people are what make a business with, with any product. Um, it's not the product that makes the business. 
It's not the strategy that makes the business, it's the people in it that make it and they need to be looked after well. Um, and that, you know, there's, there's, we, we sometimes talk about mental fitness as day one duty of care. It's like saying, well, look, if we, if we care about our people enough, then we'll bake this into our culture. It won't be optional because, you know, why would it, why would you make it optional if it was, uh, you know, if it's really caring for someone, then you, you make it part of your culture and you make it, uh, you celebrate it. I have to say what I, I loved about um, your email that I actually might have to steal the sentence um, you've got at the end of um, um, you've put I'm, I'm I sent I, I'm going to butcher this sentence but you said something like uh, I sent this email that works for me on my we work flexi hours um, and I sent this that works for my personal and work schedule and please don't feel you need to reply back um, if it's out of work hours and I just I really like that I thought it's really respectful because I send emails like you when I think of them when I need to get them out it can be two in the morning on a Saturday night or well it well actually it's not that but it can be that extreme in the week because I oh my gosh I've got loads to do I've just remembered this I've just I've got to send it now so I don't forget it and, and I'm not expecting the person to reply back but it's just more or less getting the tick off my list done um and I just think that's really respectful of how you've put that at the end of your sentence you're, you're acknowledging you've sent this maybe at an inappropriate time and you don't expect somebody because I've, I've seen I do it, my team do it. You know, you reply to an email, someone sends you an email and you feel you have to answer straight away. And it's it's a, such a strange automatic knee jerk. You've got to do it. Got to reply. Same with texting, DMs on WhatsApp. And I'm trying to not be like that. We had we launched, like I said, yesterday and um, Juno, who works with us, who is our brilliant features director, Someone, some, someone wants something. I said, well, they have to wait. You know, like just it's okay. You don't need to reply straight away. Um, and, and I think it's managing yourself and your capabilities and learning that and not being feeling you're under pressure the whole time. Definitely. And I think we we all put so much pressure on each other um, as individuals, whether that's on a personal level or on a, on, on a business level. Um, Nick, what do you do for mental fitness? What have you, do you have like? A couple of go-to things that you, if you're feeling stressed, that you that help you, that you've learned from what you've built at Fico. Oh, definitely, definitely. We we have a we have a um, we have a gratitude channel. So we 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 use gratitude a lot because there's there's a lot of uh, um, there's a lot of science behind gratitude. So ref- reflecting on what you're grateful for um, a few times a week, every week um, for a month will will. Um, will put a huge amount of, of, of well-being brownie points in your, um, in, in, in your sack, so to speak. And, and it's been proven to not only, um, you know, improve your own, but it, it also, it also has been proven to, um, improve your immune system. Oh, interesting. So actually, you know, the, the, the gratitude that you have for things that are, you know, that in your, in your life, forces you to sort of like recreate those those moments of you know happiness and you know small amounts of hormones are released from your you know amygdala and that actually has an effect on your physiology you know so there's you know the the mental mental fitness and practicing mental fitness techniques like visualizations or simplifications or gratitude exercises actually have a physiology an effect with your physiology as well and we have a we have a we have a gratitude channel um, that uh, that we that we have at work where we we post people post what they're grateful for and every time it, it's one of our most popular channels uh, uh, you know at Fika 
and everybody goes in and, you know, hits emojis and that sort of thing when people share the things that, you know, have happened in their life on a day-to-day basis. Um, and that's that we, we also have something called the Fika table. Um, and that's, uh, it's, um, where we, we, we come together, um, as a group, um, and, We'll we'll sit round the table. It used to be physically round the table, but now it's round a round a Zoom call, and then everyone has two minutes. So there's a timer. So someone is the timekeeper, and and everyone has two minutes to talk. And the only role of everyone else is to listen and just actively listen. No judgment, no objections, no criticisms, no arguments, no other agendas. Just listen to what that person has to say. And we go round the room, and every single person gets to talk. So no one has a louder voice. No one is. And everyone is included, so it's fully inclusive, and everyone speaks for two minutes. And what what we find in those in those FICA tables is that people often don't talk about work. In fact, it's very rare. What they talk about is you know what's happening in their life or how they're feeling at the moment, and you suddenly get a glimpse and get reminded that you're working with other humans that have lives outside of their work. They have loves and lives and pressures and pains just like you do and it just levels beautifully and we all just feel really connected to each other we learn things about each other and we all find it very healing you know it's a it's a it's a great thing for our mental fitness so that and obviously that you know there are you know there's there's lots of um small exercises and techniques that i've learned through the, the figure platform that I, I use on a regular basis like mantras um, and breathing techniques and and visualizations you know visualizations were something that i you know you kind of hear about it and you hear that you know athletes are taught to visualize you know success but you never really i mean i didn't anyway i didn't take that into practice and start using it but we have a we have a whole series of um techniques and exercises around you know visualizing a difficult conversation and um, we've got audio guides and I, I do a lot of visualization actually without the without the audio guides now just thinking you know, what, what is it that I need to achieve today? Or what is it I want to do? And I visualize it being successful. And I think about it being successful and then, you know, work towards it during that day. So yeah, there's a number of things that, uh, you know, that I've, that I've learned through Fika and, and my journey. Oh my God, that's heavy. <laughs> I have to say, this is, this is, I think one of the most emotional podcasts I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not videoed. I have to. That made me really emotional just listening to that, and I don't know why. Well, I think you know we're we're both we're both entrepreneurs, and you know we we've talked we've we've spoken about this in the past, haven't we? It's really it's really difficult. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard, isn't it? And and I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, Nick. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would, if I knew how hard this would have been seven years ago, no way would I have done this. I'd have come and work for you. <laughs> but yeah. I love just just listening to, I mean, I've already got some takeaways that I want to incorporate just listening to you. I mean, sorry, that's really made me emotional. The figure table, I think, is really brilliant. Really, really brilliant. Because um, I try to, and, and I think this is something I could personally learn as, as uh, um, someone that has a company and people that work with us, whether that's employees or interns or just to listen more and not, I think because I'm running at such a fast pace a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm used to, I'm used to working from home and I often forget the others aren't. Um, and I, I neglect that and I'm, I'm become, I've become more sensitive towards that. Um, but I'm just listening to your visualization, um, cause I didn't really, 
and Tanu just said it a few minutes just now, I didn't really know what it was and, and how you can incorporate that, but it's essentially dealing with a daily work thing and turning it into a positive. And if there's a challenge that day, okay, I can't do this or there's a problem coming, okay, but this is great. Um, how can I make this work and everybody's happy? And I read something in um, a newspaper a couple of months ago saying, if you're gonna have a challenging conversation with somebody, um, and if they say something confrontational to you, just breathe for a minute and just let it go. Just let it see, you know, what how their response is when you don't reply back. Um, because often we reply back, I'm super guilty to this, or used to be, in, in a maybe similar aggressive manner back because your guard's up and it's the wrong, it, you don't get anywhere like that. I'm learning, it's, it's you know, you've got to be, like you said, you don't know what's going on in other people's lives. That's it. You know that that's 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 so that's so true, Karina. And one of the one of the things that we also we we have a we actually have a Fika card, which is like a business card. Um, and it was one of the, it was from very on in you know early days of Fika. We 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 now use it without the card. But on one side of the card it says you're the listener. On the other side of the card it says you're the talker. And you have five minutes each. And the talker's role, I've actually got it on my desk now, the talker's role is to collect your thoughts, trust your listener, talk openly and feel better. And on the other side of the card, it's the listener and it says, your role is to listen well, don't judge, don't advise, and just ask questions. And what, what that, that, that very simple format there is if you're, if you're about to have a challenging confrontation with anyone, set this up as a, as a framework before you start the conf confrontation or the challenging thing. Say like five minutes each, you have your turn talking and I, all I will do is listen and ask questions. I won't put my agenda in there. I won't try and argue with you. I'll just try and understand you. And then I'll take it and then I'll take a turn talking and you ask me questions about what I'm talking about. And, and what that does is it just, it, it does exactly what you said there, which is it, it, it diffuses the situation because you start listening to the person and then you ask them questions when they finish talking. So they talk for five minutes and you don't, you don't do anything until they finish. And then you ask questions about what they said. And it allows you to then try and you understand them better and you realize where they're coming from. And then it's your turn. You talk for five minutes and then they ask you questions about what you talked about. And what you'll find is in many situations, and we've, 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 we've done this so many times at FICA, especially, you know, myself and Gareth, um, you know, both of us co-founders of the business, we've been tussling with our egos and our, you know, you know, miscommunications so much. And we FICA with each other all the time. And we used to do, we say, well, I need to play a FICA card. Oh, that thing you said last week, it really boiled me and I haven't told you about it. And it's like, we talk about it. Wow. And he would ask me questions about it and then it'd be his turn to talk and I'd ask him questions. And it has just kept us so like in tune with each other. It's a real, you know, it'd be a great thing in relationships, actually, the playing the five minute FICA card with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because communication, that's, that's, that can, be um that can make something successful or it can ruin something definitely it's having the uh, but i also think that comes with age being grown up enough to say something you upset me you hurt me or i didn't like how that was approached but saying it without emotion 100 you know what that, that that's that's spot on and, and it's something it's really interesting point actually because we see this in our data so with our with so our mental fitness diagnostics across the those seven skills of mental fitness you kind of get a score. So you, you go through our diagnostic and you get a score and then you do our courses and then you see if your scores have increased. And, and we, we tend to see between an eight and 15% increase 
in your efficacy, so your confidence in those seven skills when you work through, you know, the FICA courses on our, on our platform. Um, and, and what we, we started looking at is we started looking at some of the sort of global data that we've got. And the younger the person, the lower the mental fitness score. And to exactly to your point, Karina, it, you kind of think, well, that's right. You get it because the older you get, the more you are, the more equipped you are because you have had enough experiences. You've, in other words, you've practiced situations enough that you've actually grown. You've got better at stress management or you've got better at positivity or you've got better at X, Y, and Z. And our goal through mental fitness is to is to take those benchmarks of say like a thirty year old because we we know what we know what the mental fitness scores of a thirty year old look like, and we want to take that down into like the education settings or graduates hitting a you know hitting a, a business like you know let's say law graduates hitting a, a law firm or um, finance graduates and actually through working through the courses get the bench benchmark of their mental fitness profile up to a thirty year old. No, it's interesting. It's, we, um... Just listening to you made me gave me a, a flashback when we started the first issue. We had young girls from um, Parsons interning with us, and and it wasn't we weren't connected to the school. It was just by default someone got hold of us, um, and their roommate was at Parsons. They were all at Parsons, and one one young girl, um, she was nineteen years old, and she had a fidget spinner at the desk, and she was doing graphics with us, and she kept being on this, and I just thought it was a toy, and and I and went on crunch mode, and I just went. What are you doing with that? I said, your hand should be on the keyboard, not on the toy. And she said, it's not a toy. It helps me de-stress. I suffer from anxiety. And I went, and I, and I was so taken aback. And I said, you're 19 years old, you're in school. Why, why are you anxious? This should be the best time of your life. Um, and she started to, you know, explain what was making her anxious. And I said, come on, let's go into the kitchen and have a cup of tea and sit and talk about it. And we sat down, the two of us sat down and I was listening to her and she, and, and she was on antidepressants and she was 19 years old. And, and I think also as much as they talk about mental health in other countries, also a fit, quick fix is have a tablet. Here's a prescription, have a tablet, because it's a billion dollar business, um, especially in America. Um, and, and I think just having your approach um, is more human and is probably less damaging and and you're setting people up for tools for the rest of their life for the rest of their life that's you know that yeah that, that's what you know our um our, our, our bhag in our business our, our big hairy audacious goal is to have <laughs> i wondered what that stood for yeah yeah that's, uh, for, for listeners that don't know what a bhag is it's a it's a big hairy audacious goal and it's kind of it's like your 20-year vision so in 20 years what is it that your your business has has succeeded in or what is what is what is the you know, the articulation of success in 20 years. And for us, it is that we have taught 7% of the world's population a mental fitness skill for life. And, you know, that's, that's exactly, you know, it's one, of the, it's one of the interesting things, again, when you, you know, back, back to that, you know, the, the, the physical fitness analogy and, and talking about one of the p- components is literacy. You need to know what to do. And that's one of the things that we do in FICA is all of our exercises and our courses they are. They give you skills and techniques to practice and get get good at, and and actually that you know that those that skills for life is 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 a is a massive education gap in our culture. You know we don't we don't teach the skills of confidence and connection and positivity. For some reason we we actually think they're character traits. You know often people say like you know you're either confident or you're not or you know that person's positive that person isn't. 
they're kind of fixed character traits. That's our misconception. It's like a myth. The truth is, and we, we know that from our, from our data and from what we do, that they are things that you can learn. You can train at your confidence. You can get better at it. You can train at your positivity and you can get better at it. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a big, huge gap in our culture. And, you know, that's, a, that's, what we're, that's what we've done. We've created a training system that allows people to get better at those skills. And, and the, the Fika app, is that, that for individuals as well, or is it just aimed at universities and um, corporations, or can anyone come onto the platform? No, so it's a, it's a, it's a B2B offering, so it's a, it's a business service that we provide. So it's a full, it's a full training platform with you know, back-end management interface, dashboards, assignment facilities, analytics reporting, um, content that gets plugged into your learning management systems, we we have an app and we have uh, uh, and you can access the the courses on on one of our apps or you can access it in the web, but it's uh, it's not it's not something that we have um, created at the moment for for consumers. So like an individual needs to be part of one of the organisations that we work with to be able to you know work on mental fitness. It might be you know something in the future for us that we we look at, but um, one of the things that we we've recognised um, uh, is that. The duty of care for mental fitness at the moment sits with the organisation, um, because you know, like a lot of things, in you know that are that are good for you, individuals by and large aren't very good at it. Like eating your, eating your greens or like doing your steps or whatever. It's like it's a bit of a chore, right? And mental fitness is is a new market. I mean, we we've definitely helped to you know create create the market. But it's it's very new and it's very early, and until it is much more established and you know culturally it's much more celebrated, we'll we will remain a you know a B two B business for the you know for the for the corporations or organisations out there that really care enough about their people that they want to create a mental fitness culture, and and it and it's their it's their duty of care to really make sure it's part of their culture, and that's that is a sustainable way to you know support your people. Yeah, because when you think about corporations, and I, I think of HR, that to me has a negative connotation that you, you're going to HR for something. There's a problem in the workforce. You want a pay rise, or you, yes. you, you know, you, something's been done said against you, and it's it has such a negative impact. I think when I think of hey, I've never worked in a corporation um, for many reasons, but um, I would have, does have my viewpoint of HR is. Um, so I think to have something like a mental. And uh, you did another abbreviation. What did you call it? EAP systems, employer assessment programs. Employee assistant programs, yeah. But I think you know, I think the the the, the truth is, a, a lot of businesses are very good at this. You know, they really care about their people, and and they are implementing lots and lots of options. And I think in a in a lot of cases, there are there's there are they've tried lots of things, and they are trying lots of things. And I think it, it it's difficult to get this right. You know, people are very busy. People don't want help. Um, people are trying to do their job. They want to advance their careers. So a lot of offers for help, which a lot of businesses are trying, just don't get to the people. And it's not, it's not for want of the business trying, actually. It's because the way that, you know, the, the, you know sim- simply your, the people um, in your business are really trying to do their job. They don't want help and they are working really hard. And so the, a lot of the services just bounce around and don't actually reach people. So... I think there's a you know there's, there's a there's a huge amount of care out there in the in the HR world or the learning and development uh, you know um, part um, p- 
parts of many businesses that really care a lot. And I've, you know, we, we, we meet and talk to a lot of them and I know how much they, they care. It's just, it's difficult, you know, getting this right is really difficult. And, uh, you know, we've seen that ourselves, you know, we're four years in and we've done a lot of R and D and a lot of research and, you know, we're still learning and getting it right at the moment. So it's uh, it's not easy. Well, it's also very, very private. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's almost, you're tapping into someone's mental health. It's, it's, which is, it's private um, to have an, you know, open into someone's thoughts and feelings and to be that open to a boss uh, or a corporation. Um, I, I imagine is difficult because like we said earlier, the, the connotations that could come with that or the risk of losing your job or being penalized for being open and honest. Well, I mean, it's funny though, it, it you know, it, it, it is, I guess, when, when, when looking at it through the, you know, through the angle of, traditionally and culturally where we see mental health, where we think of problems and, uh, you know, we need to talk about the problems we're having. But actually, if you think about the positive side and think about, you know, how we would view that other side of that, you know, health spectrum. So the, the mental fitness side would be, you know, a corporation or a business where your all of the employees are very open about their visions and their goals and what they want to achieve. They communicate really well with each other. They're happy to be wrong. They're happy to be vulnerable. They're happy to share. You know, actually, there is a real, um, you know, need to, you know, practice things like, you know, active listening and being honest and talking more and being better at communicating and, you know, understanding emotions of other people in the business and recognizing them. So I think actually, you know, the, the, the journey we're, we are all on is a journey towards being, you know, more mentally fit at work and, and better able to not, because half of the, you know, many of the problems come from people not talking and not sharing and not, and, that, and that's as much about, you know, sharing the positive as well as it is sharing the negative. So there's, uh, there's both sides there, definitely. I'm going to ask you one last question. Has this changed you? Have you seen a change in use the last four years? Oh, one one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And part of it, you know, I, I'll, I'll actually, you know, part of it, I have to um, track back and and you know, massive gratitude and thanks to Kareen, my wife. So she 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 is the is the person who has basically helped me to open up, and I, I'll never forget. And I, I remember when 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 I first oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. I know on the on the, on the podcast in, in instructions it said turn off your phone, um, so I failed on that one. But anyway, no, Kareen. Um, basically, she said uh, she said you know you're a closed book, and and she said she was gonna she was gonna open it and try and you know help me, and and she did, and she taught me actually that um, being I, I used to think uh, you know at the beginning of this journey I used to think that strength was holding it in not having to share and being able to cope with it all, you know, feeling like that was strength, you know, that was the, that was what real strength was. And Kareen taught me that real strength is the opposite. Real strength is being totally open, being able to share all the time and being able to be strong enough to share the truth all the time. And that is this, that, that was a massive revelation. And it was really, you know, that, that really helped a lot of my thinking in FICA as well in the early stages of the business. And, you know that my my biggest I think my biggest thing um, that you know the, if if I was to look at the biggest change there's been lots of adapting I've done in my mental fitness but the biggest thing for me is this this idea that actually being as open as you can and as transparent as honest with everyone all the time 
if you can do that, there is such strength in it. You just feel released. And that is the, that's probably the biggest change for me is that ability to just be 100% straight, honest, and, 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 you know, outright all the time with everyone. That is, uh, that's been my, you know, my biggest revelation. Well, thank you, Nick. Um, we're nearly at an hour talking. We normally say we do these, we started saying we do these podcasts for 20 minutes. That didn't work. Then we'd go to 40 minutes. Um, that sometimes doesn't work, but, um, we're, I'm going to say thank you for joining us on this because it was brilliant. And I, I actually, I'd love to do another one with you maybe in a couple of months because there's so much more I'd love to ask you and, and learn. And, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear this too, because it's such an important topic. Well, look, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast because I've got a, I've got a huge amount of respect for you and, and your business is amazing. So thank you for, thank you for inviting me. Bless you. Thank you, Nick. for listening to our last podcast of the year and I hope it helped in some ways some of the tips and advice Nick was sharing. We've had such brilliant inspiring guests on this year it's been a very very trying year for everybody so I wish you all a healthy and happy 2022 and we're looking forward to sharing more podcasts in the new year in January. Take care all the very best love Karina.